Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. You, you ever, like, talking to somebody and, and it's like you don't know if they know what you know? And you just, you just want to grab them and shake them a little bit and be sure that they know and understand what you're saying. And I, I don't know if, if you recognize in this moment the gravity of now. And, and what it is that, that the Lord is doing in our midst. This is a powerful time. If, if you listen to some of the things that I listen to and people talk, they talk about how it's just such a crazy world and it's this and the church is that and it's declining and the, the North American church is doing this and that. The, that. Whatever the North American church is doing is whatever the North American church is doing. But Christ's church is triumphing and prevailing and the Spirit of God is moving. Amen? Amen. Amen. And, and we at Faith Assembly Church are in a unique season and it, it honestly shouldn't be that unique. It is unique in church experience, but it shouldn't be that unique in the life of the body of Christ. That the Spirit of God is moving, that dynamic things are happening, that people are being saved, that people are being set free and delivered, and people are maturing in the things of God. Amen? And it is, it is wonderful to be a part of, and I am so glad to be a part of the body of Christ in this generation. We've got some really cool things, as you heard through the announcement videos this morning, that are getting ready to happen. There are discipleship classes, there are places to plug in, there are connect groups that are getting ready to relaunch, and we're getting ready in a few months to launch a new campus. All of this, all of this is people-centric. It's Christ-centered, but people-centric. Because all of it has to do with connecting people to a life of faith, helping them grow in that faith, and then going out in an exercise and a demonstration of faith and replicating the process again with people who don't know. That should be the life cycle of the church. And I, I, am, I am fearful of one thing and in, in the body of Christ, and that is the language around the idea of a personal relationship with Jesus. Because we have, and, and let me just preface my remarks now with, with the understanding that I believe that a personal relationship with Jesus is the cornerstone and the foundation of your life upon which the rest of everything else is built. I believe that with all my heart. But as much as I believe that you need a personal fellowship and relationship with Jesus, your relationship with Jesus was not meant to be lived in isolation. Nor is your church experience to be about an isolated occurrence. Well, we came to church we sat through the thing and we got up and went to the restaurant and we went home. Though it is the habit of many people, it's not the way it's supposed to work. 
So I want you guys in the media booth, if you would help me, I want to jump straight to the screen here this morning, and I want to share with you, and I want to walk with you in light of upcoming things, and just underscore something about uh, the life in the body of Christ, and share with you that, you know, you get out of things what you put into things. You get out of things what you put into things. And I put a text up here, and I want to share with you briefly this morning from Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 23, we read these words. Let us hold fast, and if you can't see this, don't worry, it's coming on the screen. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who is promised is faithful. And let us consider one another to stir up in order to stir up love and good works. Verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Now, somebody somewhere along the way who got really concerned about the attendance numbers and the offering amounts rest the beginning of verse 25 from its context and began to share with us a, an, a misappropriated emphasis on this particular phrase. As a matter of fact, many of you may have actually heard this quoted as saying, well, the word says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. That's not what the word says. We might even say that this phrase here is, an is a dependent clause for all of you teachers in here. I know you're impressed with me right now. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. There's been a lot of emphasis put on that. A lot of people pull that out. The next one there will. And they, they just really emphasize that and drive that home. And that undergirds that idea of a personal thing. Because this has been turned into, taken from being a principle of Christian life and living and turned into a rule for you to be a good Christian. Now, I do believe that if you're a good Christian, you're going to want to share fellowship with the saints. And you're going to want to experience the presence of the Lord together with the body of Christ. And you're going to want to be a part of what Jesus is doing in this generation through the church. So I believe that. So none of this is dismissive of it. It's just encouragement. And you're going to see this in just a second. But we've put a lot of emphasis on this and we've made it a rule. And that rule is that as long as I come and check off the box and I've got my personal relationship with Jesus, then I can live my life of faith in isolation from other people. And that's just not true. As a matter of fact, you're called to be a growing and maturing believer. But how many of you know it doesn't matter how many principles that you know and understand about the word as far as loving your neighbor. But until you begin to rub elbows with your neighbor, that's just a theory. It's just a theory. I've not loved you fully until I have been in proximity of your aggravating self. And chosen to love you anyway. Chosen to forgive you anyway. Chosen to look beyond your fault and see you as Christ sees you. As a person of worth and value. I can't do that in the isolation of my living room. I want to read this text here for you this morning. And this is not to augment the word in any way it's just an exercise to help you understand that sometimes we put the emphasis on the wrong syllable okay 
And here it is. Let's look at it together, that whole thing. And I'm going to strike through a portion of Scripture. But again, it's not, to, it's not to take away from the text. It's just to read this through. But I'm going to read this without the A part of verse 25. And we'll see if we can get to the heart of the text here. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who is promised is faithful. And let us consider one another to stir up love and good works, exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Now that's a, that's a consistent thought. It's a complete thought. Let us, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. See, if you take the rest of this away, this part that's struck through doesn't really make all that much sense because the emphasis of this text is not about not forsaking the assumption is that if you're a child of God you're going to come to the house of God and you're going to fellowship with the people of God that's the assumption that's here so what it is it's just a reminder next slide please this is a reminder that the emphasis of this verse is that as you and I grow in our faith, we would consider one another. The Jesus in me is not just for me. But the Jesus in me is not only for me, but for the people around me in whose spheres I move. That when I am thinking about how I'm going to conduct my life, how I'm going to, you know, Paul said to the people who were offering meat offered to idols, eating meat offered to idols, he said, listen, you know, that's not really a thing. Some people are making a thing out of it, but it's not a thing. But if it offends my brother, in other words, I'm going to think about him first. I'm going to think about my brother first. I'm going to consider the, the spiritual welfare and well-being of my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I'm going to consider them in order to stir up love and good works and exhort them. Next slide, please. This emphasis here in verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, provides the context it provides the context where this principle plays out again I can't exhort you from the privacy of my life I can't I can't exhort you but but when I look around when I look around this room and I see people during worship and their hands are raised and the tears are streaming and they're praising God and they're going after it. It encourages me to do the same. When I see people who are just, just, just seeking after God and going hard after everything and they're pursuant of the will and the purpose of God for their life, it encourages me to do the same. It spurs me on. It inspires me. I can't stand to sit there anymore. I've got to get up and get after what God has for me because I've been encouraged by the people of God. And I am, I'm sharing this with you today because as you see things like connect groups beginning to launch and you say, well, I'm good with Jesus. Are you, you know, you're thinking about, you know, taking a hiatus from church life for a while 
because you're good with Jesus and, you know, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than standing in the garage makes you a car. I know, I've heard all that stuff. <clears throat> but the, the, the fact of the matter remains. Some of this, yes, if you come in, you should be challenged with the Word, you should be exhorted through the worship, and you should tap into something that helps you grow personally in your faith. You should. Beyond that, the question is not how much am I going to get out of this experience, but what can I contribute to the experience of someone else? How can I encourage someone? If I'm sitting around at that life group, that connect group, and somebody begins to share biblical principle, Pastor Steve said something on Sunday morning, and you know that resonated with me this way, and I've walked through that before, I can sit there in that group and I can give them a real-life testimony of how God did that very thing in my life, and they've been struggling to understand, and they've been trying to break through, and they've been searching for answers and they're so discouraged but your word of testimony then becomes an encouragement to them I want to encourage you that if the Lord's been dealing with your heart to lead a connect group if the Lord's been uh, dealing with your heart to get involved in the discipleship class if the Lord's been uh, dealing with your heart about about just doing things in the body of Christ then understand that it's not all about this whole this whole idea that we just stand and we pound forsake not the assembling of yourselves it creates this this uh, consumeristic mentality about church life where it's all, well, we just got to be here in order to get what we get. No, you need to be here in order to give what God has enabled you to give. You, you need to be able, you need to be here to, to consider one another, to stir up love and good works. You need to be here to exhort. Come on, somebody. Y'all are getting quiet on me here this morning. But listen, I'm going to tell you something. Pastor Lisa and I are in agreement on this, and I'm speaking for her, and she might want to say something else later. And that's fine. She's got a microphone over there at her seat, and she's welcome to take that liberty if she wants to. But I want to tell you something. I refuse, refuse to pastor a dead, stale, religious church. I got, I got other things to do with five hours on a Sunday morning, Okay. I mean, you know, you're talking about I can fish and be all right with Jesus or what? I mean, same. I mean, but, but I'm not coming here for the practice of. I, I'm coming week to week with the expectation of seeing a body that is anointed and animated by the Holy Spirit that is available that is moving, that is active, and that is encouraging. You know, people talk about being this kind of church and that kind of church and all these different kinds of churches. No, I'm interested in being a New Testament church. Nobody says a whole lot about that, but I want to... I've got, I got two, two verses I want to share with you, and then just to underscore, because I've got to give you some proof, right, that what I'm saying is true. Number one, your faith doesn't isn't supposed to take place in isolation 
Your relationship with Jesus isn't, isn't supposed to take place in isolation. Listen to this. Words of Jesus, Matthew 5. You are the light of the world. A city that is set upon a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. Well, I'm kind of private in my faith. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. Well, I'm not a very expressive. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. I don't always feel like raising my hands. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 2, and I'm getting ready to close. Acts chapter 2, now all who believed were together and had all things in common and they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had the need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Well, you know what that tells me? That, that tells me that somewhere between Sunday to Sunday, Somewhere between Sunday and Sunday should not be void of fellowship and interaction among the saints of God. Sunday should not be the only day that I get to interact with the family of God. Text message, phone call, whatever it is. I mean, we've got a million ways to get in touch with people nowadays. And we ought to utilize those things. But they so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with people. And the Lord added to the church daily. Daily. The Lord added to the church daily. Listen, next week we're getting ready to launch a campaign. We've already mentioned it to you, and I know that you're praying about it. 90 souls in 90 days. But Pastor, what? That's ridiculous. What? No, the Lord added to their number daily. That's why this is so important. And if, if, if the Word says they added to, to their number daily, I mean, that's only one a day. So either the Word's true or it's not. But there's a contingency, and that is that we function as a true body of Christ. That there's a love that's resident, that there's a fellowship among us that is true and genuine and sincere or it's not but they had it here they had that koinonia and they were praising God and having favor with all people and the Lord added to their church daily those who were being saved this is a picture of how the New Testament church works okay see there's a there's a horizontal aspect of our faith and there's a vertical aspect. There's the aspect of us and God. But then it's us and people. And, and we don't really have one without the other. It's, it's a completeness that's there. We have access to God. And God gives us favor with people. And we're, we're to exercise that. Amen. Would you stand with me all over this place right now? Man. I had so many cool things I wanted to share with you today, but I think you got the main principle, and that's really what matters. I'm going to give you this one. 
or these two just to encourage you as our worship team's coming. Scientists have studied children, babies, who were fed all the proper nutrients, but they were deprived of meaningful relationship. And when they scanned the brains of these children, what they found is that there were actually black spots in the brains where the neurons failed to form and they didn't develop the proper brain mapping to help them function and, and do life and make good decisions. Secondarily, that same study was conducted in later years and they found out that people who had fellowship, older senior citizen people who had fellowship, consistent community, in the event that they suffered a stroke, heart attack, other types of disease, the likelihood for recovery and the speed of that recovery was so much greater, accelerated, if they were in community with other people. They had a strong network of people around them that were encouraging them, that were blessing them. So here's my, here's my encouragement for you. As we see new believers come in, we can't say anything about their ineptness to live and walk as we think and perceive that Christians should live and walk if we're not available to share meaningful relationship with them. Because it doesn't matter how well they're nourished. They can't develop fully in isolation. And it's not going to happen in a vacuum. We've got to be willing to come around them and help them grow and help them develop and support them and encourage them. The same is true all through life, from the cradle to the grave. We need one another. And we need the action of the body of Christ. Amen? I want you to look really quickly to your left, to your right, and just take a quick survey around the room. These are the people you need to pray for. These are the people you need to encourage. These are the people that you need to come alongside in the hardships of life. These are the people you need to rejoice with in the blessings of life. These are the people that you need to support and, and, and just stand with in prayer when, when things are going bad. Encourage one another. Consider. These are the people that you need to consider in this life. Amen? Let's do that right now. Would you just... Stretch a hand to your left, to your right. Maybe you're in the pew with somebody you want to just reach over right now and let's just lift one another to the Lord. Father, we come to you in the strong name of Jesus. Lord, we lift up that precious saint to the left, to the right of us, those that are behind us. God, today we pray you'd encourage their hearts. Encourage their hearts, Lord. Bless them in abundance, oh Jesus. Lord, open the windows of heaven over their lives, oh God, and rain down. And God, if you choose to bless them through me, with a phone call, a text, an encouraging word, a card, a letter, God, help me to be obedient. Help me to not be too busy 
not only to come to church, but to be the church. Help me, Lord, earnestly contend for the life of faith in my own life. But Lord, having received and having been assured of the grace that is mine through Christ Jesus, help me then, Lord, readily give that away to other people. God, I pray for those that are hurt. I pray for those that have been hurt by unmet expectations of the church. God, I pray that you would bind up the brokenness of their heart. I pray for those that feel rejected today. I pray for those, Lord, that have, have been burned. God, I pray healing transpires in the name of Jesus. God, and they find the fellowship among the body of Christ, among the saints of God, that is sweet and that is satisfying. And we give you the praise for it all. And we bless you in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people shout it. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.